Friday, day nine, leaving, where are we leaving? Nahara. Nahara. Going to Santo Domingo de la Calzada. Mm -hmm. Only 20-ish kilometers today. It's a bit shorter, which is nice. Some clouds in the sky. Hopefully it stays a little bit cooler, because last night was hot and loud and unpleasant. <laughs> yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully we'll find coffee soon, um, and then just enjoy the walk. Hopefully have a better stop in the next place. Yeah, it's definitely one of the loudest rooms that we've had. Actually, room's clean and comfortable and fine. There's so much noise from other rooms above and next door and on the street. and It was absolutely ridiculous amount of noise all night. So we have to have everything closed and then it's hot. So then it was really hot. <laughs> oh, and also if you ever do stay there, don't stay on the first floor because there's a street light off the balcony. <laughs> so you can't sleep, go up to the second floor instead. Hi everyone and welcome to Is This The Way, a podcast where we walk the Camino de Santiago. I'm Francesca. And I'm Gavin. And it's day nine and we are walking from Nehera to Santo Domingo de la Calzada. Or just Santo Domingo as we shall call it from here out. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a mouthful I think. <laughs> so I think this was a pretty easy day. Mm -hmm. Guidebook says 20.9 kilometres. We did just over 21 so pretty much spot on. It rates at a one out of three difficulty. I think on our scale of to 10, we'd probably give it like a 3 out of 10. It wasn't a difficult day. It was like quite pleasant. Yeah, it was a nice day. A lot of interesting things to see and a great end stop. It does say it takes 5 to 6 hours in the guidebook, but it only took us 3 hours 45. Pretty easy day, really. Less than 4 hours walking. No, it was a fast day. And to quote the guidebook, Wander vineyard vistas, pass a 15th century stone boundary marker, and find out why live chickens dwell in Santo Domingo's cathedral. I don't remember the marker. So yeah, I guess to go through the day a little bit. I mean, it's mostly on nice, like, nice farm tracks, past vineyards and wheat fields. Yeah, pretty level as well. No big hills or craziness today. Yeah, and apparently at six kilometers, you would then go past this Columna Justicia, a stone boundary marker. But as you say, I don't recall seeing that. Hmm. The Column of Justice. I guess so. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I, really I guess know. being like a, a legal boundary marker or something that kind of makes sense. I don't know what a boundary marker is. Just something. Well, we have them all around our property here. They just mark out where the the edge of your property is compared to the next property. Okay. All right. That's so it's, it's where you would normally put fences if okay. you had fences. But you know, you look at these fields and things. There's no fences around things. All right. Well, there's a 500 year old fence post. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> that we didn't see. And you then walk through Siruenya, which is this weird ghost town. Yeah, which is like a, a golf course with a town as an afterthought, almost, mm. <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. It's literally in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Like, because you, you're walking through these fields, nothing, nothing, nothing. And then you see this high density town that was just obviously built at the height of... Yeah, all green. these like <laughs> row houses with common walls and things on tiny little tiny. blocks of land just in the middle of nothing. It's obviously someone trying to cram as many houses as they can onto the amount of land that they've got and sell them all. Yeah, and we talk about this more later into you know what it felt like to walk through it. Basically pretty dead. unpleasant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it just felt um, dead, yeah. But then it has this incredibly scenic golf course, which loads of locals were using. So I guess they just drive from wherever to get yeah. to the golf course. There were, the, there were like a few of the houses were really well looked after with nice gardens and things like that. But a lot of it just seemed... Abandoned? Yeah, or neglected, I guess. I don't know. Or, or maybe just empty. Yeah, it's yeah. almost like a suburb that didn't finish being built. Yeah, it's funny because 
I mean, when you think of ghost towns, you often think of, you know, China and places like that. So it's really weird to walk through one in, you know, in a Western country. <laughs> yeah. And I guess the trap is that a lot of people bought into this at the, the peak of the property market and prices when things were being developed everywhere. Mm. You've probably got trapped in it where you've got a mortgage that you can't get out of now because your property is worth less than your mortgage. Yeah, I was pretty messed up. Then you head on to Santo Domingo. So there's actually not that many stops today. It was really this ghost town and then the main town, Santo Domingo. But luckily, because it was a short walk anyway, it didn't matter yeah. too much. Well, we should say like the golf course at this Siruenga was very nice, um, except the pilgrim seating, which was a little bit limited. You don't want dirty pilgrims in your nice golf course. But the golf course looked lovely. <laughs> yeah, they should like allow a session or something when you pass through. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they've got nice facilities there and in a nice location for a stop. And we talk about this later. I feel like they're missing a trick a little bit there to you know get the most out of the pilgrims and give them a great experience. Yeah, no, you literally have tens to hundreds of people coming through that could be spending money there. But, yeah. but then, yeah, once we went out of this town, we were back through the wheat fields again, and they were actually like burning off the wheat fields. So I, I guess at the end, after they've harvested everything, they're just burning all the stalks. So they then get plowed back into the ground and used as fertilizer, I guess, or enrichment. But it's crazy because you have these golden fields and then you've got black fields where, where it's been burnt. Yeah, it's really dramatic contrast. <laughs> And everything smells like smoke. True, it was <laughs> smoky, yeah. But yeah, I mean, just incredible to see, really. And yeah, we'll put that all, obviously all of those pictures up on our blog as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then we drop into Santo Domingo, which was lovely. Yeah, it was a nice little town. Walked past quite a few little bars and restaurants and things that looked really pleasant. But uh, we went straight to the Parador <laughs> and didn't leave. So I'd highly recommend it. It was mm. just like a really old building, some sort of converted Something or palace or... Yeah. Yeah, amazing, really. It was a lovely old building, like on the square, opposite the church, right in the middle of town. Yeah, they had this nice seating just out the front in the square, so we just sat out there most of the time. Yeah. Got some like tasty treats. Yeah, lots of nice bakeries, bakeries. or pastisserias. Yeah, I'd say bakeries because that's easier. Yeah, and apparently there are, well, we ate these things called ajo caditos, or little hanged men, a popular local snack, sweet almond cream pastry shaped like a shell. Mm. So basically shell-shaped pastries covered in almonds, stuffed with cream. <laughs> yeah. Feel good. And then sometimes dipped in chocolate and various and other things. Because we went through the bakery and went like one of those and those and those and those and those and those. And yeah. tried everything. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. And the final thing, so you'll hear later, the town is really famous for this particular church, which has live chickens in it. And while we're talking, we were both too tired to go. And then I talked myself into going into it. So after we finished chatting later, I went to have a look around and it was really wacky. <laughs> there are literally cages with chickens in them with all of this sort of tiling around and this really funny mosaic of a guy jumping up in shock with a chicken on, his, on the plate in front of him. And it's because of a little story, which I'm going to butcher and try and tell you very very succinctly is it a parable perhaps may well be yeah. when you hear what the actual content is so apparently santo domingo is named after saint dominic who developed sections of the camino in the area in the 11th century including building bridges and clearing the path the main legend parable associated is the hanged innocent where a german family were on a pilgrimage to santiago and stayed with a farmer's family in the town the farmer's daughter tried to seduce the German son, but as a pious pilgrim, he refused her. He totally wasn't into it. Apparently. <laughs> For revenge, she hid some silver items in his backpack, accused him of theft. He was found guilty and hanged. His parents kept going to Santiago, but came back to see his body on the return journey. 
They were delighted to find him still alive, hanging in the noose, claiming that the saint held him up so he did not die. They demanded the boy be cut down since he was clearly innocent. The magistrate shouted, He is no more alive than this roasted chicken I'm about to eat. At this, the chicken stood up on its plate, miraculously brought back to life, feathers and all, and crowed. Yeah, and the chicken also didn't want to go out with the farmer's daughter. Apparently. <laughs> this poor farmer's daughter. A comely woman. I feel so, like this could have been the basis of the first teen movie ever. Yeah, it was... It's, 90s I mean, teen movies in whatever century this was. I know, what a hilarious story. And yeah, they now have chickens in the cathedral or the church. And then she took off her glasses and then he did want to go out with her after all. Maybe. Even the chicken. So anyway, entertaining nonetheless. Yes, hence the live chickens. Yeah, what else have we got today? Well, I guess one of the questions we had from people who are listening is, how do you pay for things? Do you need to have cash? Can you use cards everywhere? I know day to day for us, we're used to just like tapping cards everywhere these days. I barely ever carry cash anymore. Yeah. But the Camino is a little bit different. Most places, you need to have cash. Mm. So you definitely want to take some cash with you and plan a bit ahead because ATMs are not so common either, except in the big cities. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, as we said before, the actual cost of things day to day is relatively low. It's like a few euros here, a few euros there, maybe 15, 20 for your dinner, be another 10, 15, 20 during the day if you're splashing out on snacks and things. Yeah. So you probably need... I don't know, 300 a week or something like that? Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess you just plan around the major cities because the, big, yeah. the bigger towns will all have banks and ATMs and, and facilities to get cash out. Yeah. The little towns won't most of the time. Yeah, so I think it's, it's definitely better to have too much than too little because I think there were occasionally times when we started to run out. Like, oh no, I may not be able to eat <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah, I think we did get quite low at one point. It's possibly going into Leon maybe. I think we were like very low on cash mm. because we'd had lots of stops in the small towns and we'd had dinner and things like that every night as well because there wasn't really anywhere to buy things and self-cater. So we'd run a little bit lower than what we thought we were and we just weren't paying attention to it. Supermarkets and stuff, you can pretty much tap, I think, from Probably. what I remember. Yeah. yeah. So most supermarkets and convenience store kind of things will have cards. The little kind of like corner shops and the little like cafes and things like that they're just all cash so yeah i guess it's just if you've been in a big city like us it can be a real shock and you just may not be thinking about it luckily we were gifted a very cute drink money pouch a little cash pouch so we filled that with cash and then used it to purchase many drinks along the way <laughs> yeah it's, a little pouch or something like that is quite handy because yeah. you can keep all the change in it as well because you will just end up with like fistfuls of change and then you True. have to start actively using the change to buy your drinks and coffees and things like that to try and clear it out but I found like the backpacks we had were quite good as well because they had the belt that wraps around your waist which had two little pouches in it as mm. well so just keeping our change and stuff in there so it was always easily accessible yeah and I guess you always want to distribute I mean as we said even in the last episode I think just how safe the Camino feels but obviously you just need to be a bit careful with with cash but yeah you just want to avoid like opportunistic there yeah. but broadly it's not it shouldn't really be an issue ever. <laughs> yeah, but we had day-to-day -day cash just in the belt pouch on the on the backpack, and that was never really an issue. Yeah, just to be aware and... Do take cash. Yeah, take cash. And the final thing is we're going to do a little shout-out because someone very close to us did their first Camino, a short one-week Portuguese Camino, the same that we've talked about before, and we'll actually do a, a full episode on what a mini Camino looks like. Mm. And yes, uh, my sister Lucinda who, yeah, smashed it. She did really well. Yeah, we actually inspired someone to go and walk the Camino. <laughs> yes, one person. Success. 
but where's, she... where's our money? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be rich now making a podcast. Our, our commission, I'm sure, is coming through <laughs> shortly from her. But yeah, basically, she had a good time, and we're going to see her later in the year in Amsterdam. So we'll probably do a interview session about yeah, get her thoughts on the the short uh, Portuguese Camino from someone who is new to it. So yeah, if anyone else is undertaking their first Camino, let us know. Love to, you know, wish you along, and it is an epic journey. So yeah, even the short ones an epic journey. Definitely. I remember when we did the Portuguese, the end of the Portuguese Camino, and loved it. And at the end, all I wanted to do was go and walk the full French Camino. Yeah, and it took us a couple of years to get back there and do that. But we did. Mm. On the back of that, shall we see how we got on? Yep, let's go and see what happened on the way to Santo Domingo. Afternoon of day nine, we're in Santo Center. Domingo, looking at the cathedral, which apparently has live chickens in it. But so we're we too didn't tired. See them. <laughs> we're too they're, tired to go in. They're expensive live chickens. Yeah, it has like a relatively high price tag to go inside with like a big museum and stuff. So I think if I had more energy, I would do it. But yeah, I'm just enjoying sitting here. Maybe I maybe I'll get more energy after this and pop inside. Oh, and it's nice that they've made an exhibition, but I don't think I'm five euros enthused enough to see it. Maybe I'm changing my mind while we sit here. I might stick my head in after quickly while you finish your coffee. Well, if you do that and I stay here and drink coffee, then we get to see we get to see it for half price. <laughs> yes. What? So I'll like surreptitiously like have a video chat running so that you can see it inside yeah. for free, and then I'll get like kicked out for spying for like learning for free. Spying on Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Try to learn for free. Get her. <laughs> We're staying at the Parador, which I think in the way they quote is like a form of excess that like no pilgrim should undertake, but I couldn't imagine anything else. Says all the um, pilgrims <laughs> who can't afford to stay in the Parador. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I mean, particularly after last night where, you know, we slept really badly. We were really dehydrated. We didn't eat enough, which are basically all the essential ingredients that you need to actually walk 20 plus kilometers a day. I think yeah. we needed today just to kind of recuperate a little bit. Obviously, there's a very big difference between $15 a night for the albergue and the 100 plus euros a night for the Parador. I'm, I'm happy with that tonight. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really feels essential. But I mean, my main thought today was actually um, really, really appreciate aircon and hot showers and clean, quiet rooms after doing this. And you can take for granted a little bit. So at least when we are in these nice rooms, you're even more than we ever were before when we, you know, we, we mm. stay at nice hotels all over the place, but it's like, oh God, you really feel it. And it feels so, so special when you go into a room that's cool and <laughs> pleasant. <laughs> but also, I mean, we've really benefited from the weather turning a bit today. So it's been, mm. what was the, what temperature? 24? 20, yeah, it's 24 at the moment. I think it was like a top of 27 or something today. But it was actually like quite cool this morning when we left and really the whole day it's been, it yeah. was never too hot at all. It was the no, first day not. it's been like that. Um, it's been completely different. So was, I think it was definitely the, the heat wave breaking and it's been scorching, scorching hot. And then all of a sudden it was clouds today in the morning. Looked like it may even rain a little bit, but that burned off. The sun came out, we had a nice cool breeze most of the way though. Yeah, it was so tired this morning. Like the first five kilometers were quite painful until we got to our first coffee stop and then I felt so much better after a cortado. Particularly for one of us, one of us was lagging. Yeah, morning. I was really slow this morning. I felt so shattered, barely moved my legs until I sort of warmed up a little bit. But after that, I mean, it's been, again, like another interesting day in terms of terrain. There were like these sort of red hill things that reminded mm. us of literally red the red rocks in, in Denver. Colorado. Yeah, um, I definitely felt a lot like that red rocks theater for sure. The big red cliffs coming out. 
makes me think of old Western movies and things that are set in the US with the, just the big red cliffs yeah. behind the town, particularly with the, the sun on it this morning. Yeah, so that was really pleasant. And then in the afternoon we saw um, black smouldering fields, I guess, where they'd be doing the slash and burn, what do you call it, where you're... Enriching maybe, yeah, the soil. Enrich yeah, something like enriching the soil. I mean, we... Oh, hold on. Um, we seem to have some bad timing with church bells, though. We've had that a couple of times now. Yeah, I, guess I think we, we had it on the very first day that we did as well. Yeah, I guess we tend to sit down about 8 o'clock to do this. But now I was going to say that, you know, we're used to, like, some slashing and burning, but the worst kind of it when we were in Singapore and the, the so-called haze or smog from Indonesia would come over from the slash and burn that they would do there. This seemed like quite controlled, but I guess it's probably terrible for the environment. <laughs> we passed the time a little bit today by playing I Spy very, very unsuccessfully on my part. <laughs> mm -hmm. After coming up with the only thing we could possibly see was wheat. Yeah, we did wheat In any first. possible direction, apparently. <laughs> yeah, so mine was W. You guessed wheat correctly. And then what was your one? C. And then I was like looking around. I don't know, like concrete. <laughs> Carver, <laughs> cake. Yeah, I don't know where you're seeing cake, but that would have actually been nice. <laughs> so then you gave me a hint. I gave you every letter of the word. Which one did you give me? C O U D. <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, I don't know, but it was what? Clouds. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. see how tired I was? I literally couldn't guess. The thing that, that we hadn't, hadn't seen and like, been commenting on all morning. Yeah, I was like, are they like, is it like ahead of us, behind us? You're like, it's everywhere. So I have no idea. Yeah, so that so, was yeah. unsuccessful. <laughs> I think we gave up after that. It was it too hard. <laughs> but yeah, it was a pretty easy walk today. It's like much more pleasant. There was a very strange stop along the way, which was a ghost town with a huge golf course. And they'd obviously tried to um, basically capitalize just before the GFC, the financial crisis in 2008, where they were like building oh, 2011, these. 2011, actually. Okay. 2008 to 2009. I was working at the Foreign Office at the time. Oh, yeah. Why Don't question thinking? The Economist about when the financial crises are. Why did I think it was 11? <laughs> there are probably other, like, dips uh, and things. Maybe there was another, like, recession of some kind? I'm probably No, I'm probably was confusing it with... Was it when SARS was no, or something? No, that was ages before. That was back in 2003. No, I was actually probably thinking of the floods in Brisbane, which were 2010 and 2011, I think, okay. from memory. Yeah. But basically, I mean, you could, you could see that this town had been built purely by, like, a developer trying to make a quick buck. They built a whole town, kind they, of, just in the middle of farmland. Yeah, but, like, these tiny... Terraced, terraced houses, houses with shared walls and <laughs> in, like, high-density housing in yeah, the middle of the countryside. In literally the middle of fields, as far as the eye can see. It just feels so kind of cheeky. And they're, they're basically all empty. Well, it just feels inappropriate. Like, you don't need high-density housing in the middle of the country, unless you're trying to get it maximum bucks for the land that you've bought. So there's basically no one living there. And then you have this like really posh golf course, which is really strange as well. They don't let pilgrims inside, <laughs> so you have to sit outside. I think you could sit inside. Yeah, in the car park. No, you couldn't. No. No, there no. was a sign on the door that said pilgrims okay, but not with bare feet. Oh, was that right? Yeah. Oh, okay, I didn't so see that. So you, you couldn't Fine. sit on, there was like a nice veranda outside that looked on the golf course, which I think was for members. Yeah. But there was seating inside in the cafe where you could sit. Sure. So there were quite a few people coming in and sitting in there. Okay, but yeah, enough. when you walk up, there's just like a couple of plastic chairs underneath the vent from the kitchen and it says pilgrims here. It's like, <laughs> wow, okay. So I feel like we probably could have done more to help economically support this town if they were a bit friendlier, the golf course maybe. Just in the right place as well, because it's 15 kilometres into a 20 kilometre day. And they're the only thing there. Yeah. There is nothing else. The last chance for drinks and things was at five kilometers. And they had a garden, nice garden with seating and stuff at the end as well, which is also like, sorry, not for pilgrims. But if they actually just open it up to people, it'd probably be full of everyone stopping there for a drink or a snack. No, it, would it do. feels like a missed opportunity when your town in the middle of nowhere 
is dying. The one, yeah, it doesn't seem to have a lot going on. But the one thing it does have is a stream of pilgrims coming through every day. Well, I think maybe while you have your last coffee, I might just go and see these chickens. Is there anything else today that we've missed out? No, I don't think so. It's a fairly uneventful day today. It was very eventful. There's loads of really random things that we saw today. Yeah, one of them wasn't clouds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tomorrow we have another easy-ish day, so that'll be good. And we're yeah, going to get breakfast to, in the morning first. To Bellarado tomorrow. Back into the uh, small hostels and things tomorrow, I think. Let's do that then. Yeah, wrap it up for yeah. today. Thanks everyone for listening. We hope you've enjoyed Is This The Way? and have taken away some inspiration and ideas about how you might approach the Camino. If you'd like to get in touch or find some more information about each episode, head over to our website, isthistheway.net. Buon Camino!